This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them easy. Oh, okay, I, I was sitting. I'm like, what is that? I wanted to. Isn't that dub I wanted to put the pause in there to build up anticipation and also to wave. Yeah, I well, can't do both at, at the same time. Wave into the YouTube's, hi YouTube's, mm-hmm. and then build the suspense for those on Blog Talk Radio. But you are either listening or watching the Onside Kick here on most. Valuable podcast, your kind of one-stop shop for all the NFL news, all the NFL stories, and we got a jam-packed show, but before we get into it, Mark, you are back after a week off. Sean kept your chair nice and warm, but I got to ask, how you doing this week? It, it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've seen you. I'm doing good, and it actually is pretty warm in this chair right now. Uh, I, I'm enjoying life. Uh, football is fun. It's it's back, even if the, the Bears are losing everything. Uh, but I'm still holding out hope that the Browns can win a couple games and the Bears can <laughs> not win any games, and we get that number one overall pick. That's my hope. You really want that number one? I mean, why not? I don't think the Bears – I don't remember a time that the Bears have had it. Was Cade McNown your last number one pick? I think so. I think so. Because he was the number one pick. Since then, it's just kind of been a lot of not good years, um, <laughs> but not bad enough years, and that's that's not worth anything to you. Well, we're going to get into some of those teams later in the podcast, talking about some coaching hot seats. We talked about Mike McCoy last week, Sean and I did, but we're going to dive into some hot seats later. We're also going to look at Colin Kaepernick and then a kind of quarterback controversy that we have for the Denver Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, not Mm -hmm. the Denver Cowboys. They can play wherever they want. They're America's team after (laughs) all. They're America's team. Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. Who would you rather start? What should the Cowboys do? But we are going to start in the city by the bay. The city that, I'm sorry if you're in San Francisco right now, but I kind of hate you because my Cubs are playing your San Francisco Giants. But we're not going to be talking about the Giants today. We're talking about the 49ers because Mark, I almost called Mm -hmm. you Sean, but Mark, Mm -hmm. the 49ers have named a new starter. Yo Gabba Gabba is no longer starting for the 49ers. It is now Colin Kaepernick. What did you think when you heard the news? Uh, well, you know what? They first kind of floated out some ideas, some rumors that uh, your your favorite quarterback, Christian, Christian Ponder, Ponder might actually skip over Colin Kaepernick. Um, no, I, I think this isn't surprising. And we knew that Gabbert was not very good. They had that great win in week one against the Rams. But you know what? Last year they had a great win against your Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know what happened last year. It was terrible. But... Gabbert's not very good. He's not terrible, but he's just not very good. We knew that eventually a switch was going to happen. Chip Kelly had to do something because he can't keep putting out this crappy product and hope to keep his job. And he's got this quarterback on the roster. This is why it didn't surprise me, guys. Uh, He's got this quarterback on the roster that is the best fit for what he wants to do and what he's known for doing that Chip Kelly's ever had in the NFL. He has not had one of these quarterbacks since he left Oregon when he came from college to the NFL. So he's not had one of these guys. He finally has one. It should, on paper at least, be a match made in heaven uh, because the thing about Colin Kaepernick, yeah, he had a disappointing year a little while back, but he went to a Super Bowl. He went to an NFC Championship game and was very, very close to winning that NFC Championship game. Uh, He's done a lot of good stuff. Then he had that one bad year, really stanked it up. 
and then just kind of had contentious relationship with the GM and with the ownership of the San Francisco 49ers when he wanted to get traded but had too big of a contract. Now it seems like they've peacefully made up, and now he gets his chance. Yeah, and when I heard this news, the first thing I thought of was I wasn't quite sure. It's, it was one of those things where it's like, eh, does it change anything? And I know that in our group text, you kind of pointed out the question. I don't know if it was jokingly, kind of serious mm-hmm. of like, oh, is this going to matter? And I, my first thought was, no, Chip Kelly's bad. So, no, it's not going to matter. And then you said what you said now. Oh, well, he's never had this quarterback. And Dave it's said just, it's good potential. He agreed. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not the exact same, but I think back to Philadelphia mm-hmm. when they got Sam Bradford, when they got DeMarco Murray, when everyone was like, oh, look at these players they got, man. The Eagles mm-hmm. are going to be something. Tony Fusco but to be fair, cliches. be fair, Sam Bradford was not a Chip Kelly kind of quarterback. And that is what, that's why I said it's not an exact, mm-hmm. like it's not exactly the same, but there's a part of me that says this is too good to be true. Like mm-hmm. we thought that DeMarco Murray and Sam Bradford were going to do stuff for the Eagles when Chip Kelly was there and then nothing materialized. Tanked, really. I know the big difference and it's a huge difference is that Colin Kaepernick seems to have fit the mm-hmm. Chip Kelly mold better than a DeMarco Murray or a Sam Bradford. But the big question, I'm going to throw it out there. We've talked about it before in the past. But when it comes to football, is Colin Kaepernick ready to put it all on the field and leave all of the all of the off-the-field things that he's been I'm not going to say dealing with because he kind of brought it up himself. Mm-hmm. Is he ready to take that on and also do X's and O's on the field? I would say, uh, if anything, it's extra motivation to do well because you, he knows well, that he has to do well. He knows as soon as he does not perform, he's got a whole mob of people willing to call him out. So he knows he has to go out there and he has to do well. Uh, the problem really is that I'm still not convinced that Chip Kelly can be an NFL coach. You know, he, he had his moment to shine mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, which was at first still Andy Reid's team, essentially, all the pieces left. Then once he started making it Chip Kelly's team, it didn't work out anymore. Uh, but he doesn't have personnel control anymore. So maybe this will work out in San Francisco. I'm not quite convinced, not until I see it. Uh, so that's the thing. I It comes down to this. Blaine Gabbert, when the team is led by him, they're one of the worst team in passing yards. This team is one of the worst. There's only one team that's worse than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you look at their games. Yeah, they got a bunch of losses. But they're not that far away from teams. It's not one score game territory. Uh, but they're not that far away from a lot of these teams. So you asked your question, do I think that Colin Kaepernick, with his athletic ability, with his uh, his deep arm, do I think that he's going to do a little bit more to make these games at least closer, but hopefully to get us in a position where we can win that game? Do I think he can do that instead of Blaine Gabbert? And I think the answer has to be probably because Blaine Gabbert, like we said, not that great. And hell, you're a bad team. You're five and one. Uh, I'm sorry, four and one. So you got to just kind of give it a shot. One and four. 
One in four. Sorry, let's not get excited for United fans. You're making them a good team. I wanted to crown their asses. I'm like, I'm like, something's not right here, Mark. One in four. Yeah, they go from five and one to four and one to one and four. Uh, but you know, they're just, they just had to make a change of some kind. Mm-hmm. Something had to give because Chip Kelly remembers very much what it's like to get fired. Uh, he's thinking about Tom Sula, and he didn't last very long. They got rid of a coach who was doing great in Harbaugh. So I don't think there's any reason for Chip Kelly to feel confident in his job. So he's got to make some kind of change. He's got to try and do something mm-hmm. to get this team alive and playing well. I just, to me, this 49er team, I look at their schedule and... It's no not ma- going to be easy. Well, no matter who's quarterbacking, I don't see many wins. I mean, just looking to week 11, I see one, maybe two wins. I mean, I, I feel like this team can maybe play well at home against the Saints and get a win. But at Buffalo, at Arizona, not a chance. Especially you don't like them against the Bucs? What, like Arizona, I'm going to get to the Bucs in a second. Like Arizona beat you without Carson Palmer in your stadium on Thursday night football. There's no way you're going to beat them if they get Carson Palmer back. There's no way you're beating Tom Brady. And this Bills team, as of right now, is on a hot streak. Great defense. And I mean... Kaepernick coming back. It's his first game. Are there going to be some mistakes? Is that Buffalo defense going to be able to make some plays? The Saints, I think they can win. The Bucks are the iffy one because when the Bucks are good, like if we see if we see the Buck team, I don't want to say this past week because this was a terrible game against the Panthers, but if we see the Buck team from week one that actually played well against mm-hmm. the Falcons. Jameis Winston doesn't turn over the football, actually looks like a competent quarterback. Then I think the Bucs can beat the 49ers. Right now I would lean towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. However, in those until week 11, I'll give it one win for sure over the Saints, maybe two over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then besides that, you're only, to me, you're only winning maybe three games. I mean, Miami and Chicago right now you can win. The Jets, if they ever figure out what to do, you could probably win that one. Falcons, Rams, and Seahawks, I think they split with the Rams. I don't think they beat the Seahawks. And then the Falcons, right now I would give it to the Falcons because of how good they play. But yet again, the Falcons were 6-0 and last year mm-hmm. and then tailed off. Yeah, Falcons can only win games when they're the underdog. So it's not a good situation when they're playing a team like the 49ers. But it's in Atlanta. Yeah. So I, I think that, like you're saying, you know, Bills, that's going to be really tough. Uh, and then I look at these next games, and it's like, obviously the Cardinals are a tough team. Uh, when it comes to the Saints with Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees can beat any of these quarterbacks mm-hmm. because the 49ers defense is not good. Uh, Bucks, I think, is a toss-up. The Dolphins and the Bears, sure, that's a toss-up. But you know what? With Colin Kaepernick and with Blaine Gabbert, well, with Christian the Ponder. Bear, the Bears don't know how to beat the 49ers. I mean, Yo Gabba could beat them. Mm, he probably he could. did last year. So <laughs> I just think that but, but by the time we get to the Dolphins, by the time we get mm-hmm. to the Bears, I don't know if Colin Kaepernick's still going to be out there. By then it could be Christian Ponder. Because, yeah, Gabbert only got five games. And he didn't do terrible, but he didn't do well. So week 11. If Colin Kaepernick starts to not do that great, he might be out of there in three, four, five games too. I don't know. And and that five game period would mean Christian Ponder starting week twelve. Yeah, so that means Kaepernick's out after that New England game. Which I'm sorry, Tom Brady's going to win. Mm-hmm. He's Tom fucking Brady. And what's he going to do, Mark? 
He's yeah, going to grab the NFL by the pussy. Because he's, he's a big Trump fan. He's going to grab by the pussy. By the way, gonna happen, guys. guys, I had to set Mark up mm-hmm. for that before we started the podcast. Because you like, wouldn't let me talk about Tom Brady Mark's today. like, man, I wish we were talking about Tom Brady because I got this funny line. I, mm-hmm. I, I I had to serve up that meatball for you. Thank you. I had to serve it up Thank there you. for you. But, yeah, with this, with Colin Kaepernick, I don't think this is going to mm-hmm. change anything. I think that the 49ers are still going to be a bad team. I think they're still going to be on track for a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. And really, to me, if I'm Chip Kelly, unless it's one of those things where I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job, otherwise I'd be sitting there going, hey, let's get a top pick so that I can secure a guy that would fit my system very, very well Mm -hmm. in a Miami's Brad Kaya. Yeah. And or I, Deshaun Watson. I just want to point out that if, if Kaepernick gets uh, to the point where he plays the Dolphins and then he loses his job and they're going to play the Bears next, then without a doubt, Christian Ponder is going to beat the Bears. Because the Bears, <laughs> every time they every time the 49ers start a new quarterback against the Bears, he the Bears get just their asses kicked. 49ers beat him. Uh, don't forget that Jeff Driscoll is on this on this team, too. He, he did get drafted in the sixth round. Uh, so Don't there's, forget the Driscoll. There's potential there. You know, maybe Chip's already got his guy. He feels <laughs> like, no, I'm good to go. But at this point, you know, I just don't think the 49ers has any guarantees with this team mm-hmm. uh, that Kaepernick lasts unless he does well. Uh, which, I mean, yeah, John Madden and all. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're willing to make whatever changes they need because I think Chip Kelly still feels the heat. And we're not talking about the coaches on the hot seat yet, but he's one of them. He's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I just think he's going to be willing to do whatever it takes. The question of does Kaepernick make this team better on paper? Yeah, Kaepernick makes this team better. He went to a Super Bowl. He went to an NFC Championship game. He was good for two years, just had that one slump of a year, and then everything fell apart. So, And he fits the system. On paper, it works. I just don't know if I can see it because he's had so much time off. I'm going to throw this out at you. Mm -hmm. Is there a chance at the end of the year, because we're in Chicago, the big thing right now, whenever you talk about the Bears and Chicago sports talk, besides John Fox making fun of the media saying that all we do is fucking eat hot dogs in the Mm -hmm. press box, um, the one thing that is now being talked about is the eventual move on from Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you this. Is there a chance at the end of the year that Kaepernick doesn't work out, Ponder doesn't work out, maybe even a Driscoll doesn't work out, and Chip Kelly and the Niners go, hey, maybe let's take an offer. The Bears are offering us Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Let's take. Let's make an offer to get Jay. You know, Jay Cutler, I think, could be a good fit for a Chip Kelly system. A not mo- like, he's a mobile guy. Yeah. He's not like mobile like Mariota. No, exactly. But, but he, he can roll moves. out. He can roll mm-hmm. out. He can do the bootleg. He's a big guy. Uh, not super big, but he's a guy who will take some hits. Yeah. He's going to probably get hurt at some point, but he can take a lot of hits in the meantime. Uh, I mean, that's all he's done his whole career. So... It's potential. It could possibly work out. Uh, the only thing is, what would they give up? Probably picks. I guess so. My, and I mean, the Chicago Bears certainly need quite a few. They mm-hmm. got an entire team to can still to mm-hmm. still rebuild. Um, but I don't know. I when the San Francisco 49ers, when they're going to be a top five pick this coming year, because they're going to be a top five pick. I don't think they pass on one of these opportunities. I hate to say it. But this might be one of those years, Ricky, where we just have a shit ton of quarterbacks that Taking don't need to go in the, in the first round going in the first round. 
And I think, hell, we could see three of them in the top five, potentially. Just because Bears are going to be there. Browns are going to be there. 49ers are going to be there. Well, Dolphins will be there, but they don't really need a quarterback. The, the top three, I'm thinking, well, four, fuck it. We, we could have four. Mm-hmm. The four right now that I'm thinking of, Deshaun Watson, Brad Kayah mm-hmm. from uh, Miami. Then you've got um, Chad Kelly, Old Miss. Of course. And then don't forget JT Barrett in Ohio State. So there's just a lot out there, uh, a lot of these teams. And, of course, we're not saying that four quarterbacks are going to go in the top five. Yeah. Don't get us wrong here. They could, though. We're just saying that there's a lot of teams that need Mm -hmm. quarterbacks that are going to be drafting really early. Uh, A lot of teams thinking about the future. A lot of teams that are going to have quarterbacks that have moved on. I can't wait. It's almost time time. for yet another way too early mock draft, I I feel like. I, I feel like it. down below, guys, let I, us know. I thought about it today. I thought about mm-hmm. coming out with my first mock draft, my my first official 1.0 mock draft. So let me know down below if you guys want that. Before we move on, is there anything that we missed with Colin Kaepernick and the Niners? Uh, no, I think it all comes down to this. Uh, here's my summary. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense on paper, but Philadelphia made perfect sense a lot of times too, and it didn't work out. Do we blame Chip Kelly? Do we think that because he has the personnel decisions taken away from him that maybe that's the way to solve this problem? I don't know. Whatever happens with Kaepernick, um, it's not going to change anything with the San Francisco 49ers. They're just not that great of a team. And the one thing I'm going to say to kind of close this off is the one thing you also got to look at is this wide receiver core is very different than the one Kaepernick had he doesn't have two tree. years ago. Doesn't have Cat Crabtree as top receivers. Torrey Smith, who hasn't been exactly the best wide receiver for the 49ers. Then he's got he's got Curley, he's got Patton, he's got Streeter. Not I'm gonna say it, not the best wide receiver core. This is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section what you guys think. How's Kaepernick gonna do? Is this gonna fix the 49ers? Is it gonna save their season? Let us know down below. We're going to move on, though, into the next topic. We're not looking at the Denver Cowboys. Like I said earlier, we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys. The better of the two Cowboys. We're going to D-Town, America's Mm. team, Jerry Jones, crazy Jerry Jones, the old crazy uncle that somehow owns the Dallas Cowboys. Mark, they have a quarterback controversy between Dak Prescott and Tony And here is... Here, here's my take from it. Mm-hmm. I, and usually, I say, "Well, Mark, what do you think?" And I throw it to you. I'm going to take this one first, and then because you hate Dak Prescott, and then, yeah, that's okay. okay, okay. I'm going to say it again, mm-hmm. just for the record. I don't hate Dak Prescott. At the beginning, was I mm-hmm. high on Dak Prescott? No, but the one thing I will say is Dak Prescott has impressed me a little bit, especially mm-hmm. on the maturity side. However, I'm going to get into it in a little bit. How? Maybe the play style that he's doing, not the play style, but how he's playing right now might not be the best for the Cowboys moving forward. But the one thing I want to say, this is what I want to start with, is I'm looking at this Prescott-Romo, Prescott-Romo situation, and it's, to me, eerily similar to a certain situation that happened up north from where we are. Mm-hmm. That happened up north with the uh, the team whose colors are yellow and green, and their fans wear cheese on their heads because somehow that's a thing. Yep, the Green Bay cheese heads. But uh, everybody knows them. It to me, it's eerily similar to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. The main difference is 
Aaron Rodgers didn't come in and play right away. He sat a little bit for a few years, then came in and stole the job from Brett Favre. However, I'm sitting here going, man, this is a little similar to uh, that kind of situation. What do you think? Well, to to go off that, I mean, I think that if the first thing that needs to be said is the quarterback controversy, who goes in here, Jerry Jones has come out and said Tony Romo's going to start. Mm-hmm. Now, Jerry Jones isn't the head coach. He doesn't really make that decision. The head coach is going to make that decision. But Jason Garrett typically just does what Jerry Jones wants him to do. So Jerry Jones writes the checks, don't he? He certainly does. He writes everybody's checks. Uh, so when it comes to that, technically – the controversy has been shut down. Jerry Jones has said what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really going to disagree with him on this situation, but we can get to that later. When it comes to what you're talking about, let's say Jer- uh, Jerry Jones is right, and all of a sudden Tony Romo was back. I don't care what week it is, but he's back. It doesn't matter how long he starts. Uh, Dak Prescott has shown he's good. He gets more time to to train, to learn, to be confident, whatever it is, even though I feel like he's kind of shown that he's got everything he needs he can be successful Mm -hmm. uh the next time that tony romo gets hurt and dak prescott comes back in we might get one of those situations you know one of those tom brady type of situations one of those aaron Rodgers situations of the young guy coming in off the bench kicking the old guy out saying no now it is my turn because you can put dak prescott back on the bench once and i think you can get away with it because you can say hey you know you're a rookie we know you're the future. We know we have him for more years. I think he's mature enough to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's not a Brock Osweiler situation. The well has not been poisoned. But that second time he goes out there and he performs well, or the third time he goes out there and performs well, he's not going to let you keep putting him on the bench. He's not going to let it happen. And your fans aren't going to let it happen the first time that Tony Romo throws an interception because Dak Prescott has not thrown an interception yet. Not saying that he's never going to, but he has not done that yet. Tony Romo's, he likes to throw interceptions. So the first time that he does that, you know they're cheering for Dak. Mm-hmm. You know they're demanding he gets back out there. So for me, it just kind of comes down to this point where I fully believe, and this just changed last week or two weeks ago that we had this conversation, uh, where I said Dak Prescott's the way to go. I still think he is the right answer in this case. Mm-hmm. But Tony Romo's going to come back and he's going to start. He'll probably get hurt again, uh, and then Dak Prescott will come in and it'll be his job. But Tony Romo's going to take it at least once. And this is, I'm going to say this right now, when I brought up the Brett Favre and Rodgers thing, mm-hmm. of course this is a little bit different because like Aaron Rodgers came in, sat three years, yeah. and then kicked Brett Favre out the door. When But he also needed more preparation than well, Dak Prescott he apparently did. did. And usually teams, we've seen it with Brett Favre, We've seen it in, and Sean may hate this discussion, but we've seen it in the, with the Colts and then with the Patriots and mm-hmm. the discussion for Tom Brady. Usually teams look at their quarterback and they get, the thing with quarterbacks is you want to get rid of them right before it's going to go downhill. The only yeah, right thing, before the cliff. The only thing is for each quarterback, you don't know where that cliff is going to be. And that's mm-hmm. the hard part. For me, though, I look at the Brett Favre and Rodgers situation. As of right now, it's not not that different than what we have right now. Brett Favre, in the three years that Aaron Rodgers sat, four and twelve, eight and eight, thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo, 
I'm not counting last season because Tony Romo barely played, but if we count the other seasons, eight and eight, eight and eight, twelve and four, go to the playoffs, should have went to the conference championship but game, but did not. But the NFL doesn't know what a fucking catch is, so that's why mm-hmm. they lost that game to the Fudge Packers. But kind of a similar, hey, twelve and four, good record, first in the division. Mm-hmm. And then the new guy comes in. Well, I know Romo was kind of injured last season. There yeah. was a year off, and that's the big difference. I also but, don't think Romo intends on retiring. Like, you know, yeah, Brett Favre also did. played retiring. in a situation where he retired, then he came back, he retired. So I get that part too. But the thing I see here is, like I said, like you said, the weeks ago when we talked about this, I still stand by the point. When Romo's ready to come back in three weeks, I think it is, like, Dak's going to have the Green Bay game, the bye week, and then that Philly game. Dak mm-hmm. gets that game, and then it's Romo. When Romo's ready to come back, you give him the job. Because the, the thing I see is this is still Romo's team. And I don't expect this to be a situation of Romo, then Pre- or Romo, then Dak, Romo, then Dak, Romo, then Dak. Mm-hmm. I think this situation comes down to when Romo comes back, it's Romo's job. But then it's like, hey Romo, this is your last. This is your last stint. Either you play well, or if you get injured, if we're like, if you have to put in Dak that next time, yeah, then it's Dak's team. That that's where I'm at with this. Where I think the net, sure you can sit Dak once, but the next time he comes out, it's his job. It's yeah. his team from that point forward. Now I don't think I would go so far to say uh, that this for sure is Tony Romo's team if the Dallas Cowboys somehow keep winning. The more that's the worst thing. It sounds weird to say, but that's the worst thing for the Cowboys right now. Every game that Dak Prescott wins at quarterback is another time when it becomes his team. It's another time where he wins these guys over. And Tony Romo's had like ten years of it being his team, so it's not like he's gonna completely take everything away. And people are saying, "Fuck that Romo guy, Dak's my man." Uh, no one's saying that on the on the team, on the on the roster, mm-hmm. whatever it is in the locker room. So. I still feel like Jason Witten, he's... Well, Jason he, Witten is definitely Tony Romo's He's beginning to guy. warm up to Dak a little bit, mm-hmm. but Witten's still a, a Romo guy. Yeah, he and I feel Des Bryant, yes, he'll defend Dak Prescott, but Romo, like Des mm-hmm. is a Romo guy. But I think that what it comes down to for me is every single game that they win, Dak Prescott's winning these guys over. And when it comes down to it, um, what is it? what is the week that we think that Tony Romo's coming back in the the Brown game. The Browns. So yeah, it's he can, either going to be the Brown. The Browns. It's either the Brown game, or he may come back after the bye. Mm-hmm. But I believe play the, I play the Steelers maybe. But I believe right now it's Dak's got the Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. Dak's got the Philly game, and then that Week Nine is the target date for Romo to come back. Yeah. So if he does well, you know, if if he manages well, to beat two Green of the Bay, test. yeah, he manages to beat Green Bay. Uh, he beats Philly, but I I don't want to say Philly's that much of a test until we see how they bounce back 
post Vikings lost. Lions um, lost. Our Lions lost. Sorry, wrong, wrong. Well, crappy they are, team. They are going to lose to the Vikings too. So I guess mm-hmm. you're right there. Um, so I just want to see how they bounce back from things, just because the rookie got his first loss, mm-hmm. uh, and that's in, that's an important part in the career. So yeah, of course Tony Romo can beat the Browns. Of course, uh, that Steelers game is going to be a much different story, and it's going to be a lot more difficult if he does not do well against the Steelers. If he does not do well against the Ravens, which got the stank of Mark Tressman off the team. Hopefully that's going to make them better. You know, if he starts not doing well, if he throws three picks against the Vikings, which is very possible. Uh, well, that Viking game, I can't get either mm-hmm. quarterback's going to get destroyed in that game. Probably. Either uh, one. Dak will go out there, and if Dak hasn't thrown an interception but to that's, that point, that's the game where but he that's throws not an the, interception. That's not what matters to the fans. Yeah. If they see Tony Romo go out there and he starts throwing interceptions, they're going to say, hey, Dak Prescott. So this is, a Tim put him Te- in. this is a Tim Tebow situation. No matter what, as soon as Tony Romo starts not doing well, the team's gonna say, "Hey, man, we." Ha-. I mean, this is assuming they you know beat the Packers, they beat the beat the Eagles. Hey, we had this guy who was doing really, really well. I don't know what happened. I don't know why you made the change. We were winning games. You know, we were beating teams that were good uh, and teams that were bad, but we were beating teams that were good. Assuming they beat the Packers, they beat the Eagles, and Tony Romo. You know, he, he can easily lose the fan base. It's just not a good situation. I agree for Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones told me it's going to happen. So Tony Romo, hey, he's back. As soon as he gets back, it's his job. Um, but I don't know how much is left. I, I don't really know what to say with that. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's doing great. So people want to point out the lower touchdown numbers for Dak Prescott, and that's fine, but Ezekiel Elliott... He's right there well, for the top guy, top rushing yards, uh, right there for top touchdowns. You know, he's not the top guy, but he's not far from the top. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's doing great. He's going to probably do great whichever quarterback is there. Uh, but I do want to well, say— that offensive line is fucking of amazing. Course. But I do want to say for that, for people pointing out the statistical— Now, Dak Prescott's not doing amazing. He's still on pace to get about 4,000 yards. Uh, touchdowns definitely low. Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott takes some of that. He also got off to a slow start. So it's hard to really judge it statistically just because Dak Prescott hasn't gotten enough time to really do well. He could, you know, be Carson Wentz going lights out and then the remainder of the season do terrible. You never know. Not saying that that's what's going to happen with everybody's favorite Carson Wentz. Just saying we don't know enough about Dak Prescott to really gauge things just yet. So you're purely going off perception and gut feeling. That's really what it comes down to. Well, he's it's one of those things where it's I'm going to relate it back to when I was in college because I was a music student. They always would tell you um when you're performing something, your audience is practice the beginning and practice the end. The middle you can kind of practice, but it's okay if the middle's the weakest part. Because at the end, the audience, the two things they're going to remember the most is the be- the first thing they heard and the last thing they heard. And right now, we are in the, what's the last thing we saw? Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Dak Prescott. So Cowboy fans are like, woo, look at this Dak Prescott. Look at this guy. Look at that guy. Well, I think Cowboy fans are forgetting a little bit how good Tony Romo is. Yeah, the... Yeah, the injuries are there, and they're a big part. I'm not going to downplay the injury, but when you look at Tony Romo's last full season, because last season he didn't really play, 3,750 yards. He had about 
Let's to see. be fair, that's not a full season. Eight point eight. He did miss a game last in, in 2014. A game? Yeah. A game. So, no, that's it's what I'm saying, though. Game. It could be up. Yeah, it, it could, could be, be more. He had about eight and a half yards per attempt. Mm. He only threw nine interceptions, had 34 touchdowns. That, to me, is the biggest part. Like, the big thing with Dak Prescott that I, I, I kind of want to say I don't like, but I'm going to say it's his biggest flaw, is, yeah, you can say, oh, well, it doesn't matter that he's not scoring touchdowns because they're winning, but my big thing is they're not pushing the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the dink and dunk is not going to work because a team like my Viking defense will say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to load the box, shut down Ezekiel Elliott. We're not going to give you any of this underneath shit. Beat us deep. Mm-hmm. And then when Dak can't beat you deep, it's like, cool, we won. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something, and I think that the Eventually, coaching staff needs to start forcing the ball a little deeper Eventually, to let that are, happen. Eventually, defenses are going to mm-hmm. figure that out. And the stats that I did want to throw out for this discussion, mm-hmm. passing yards uh, per game, about 247.8. He ranks 21st in the league. Passing touchdowns, he has four. Mm-hmm. 29th, tied for 29th. 25-plus yard completions, he's got seven. Tied for 19th. Touchdown percentage, 2.6. Tied for 29th. Tom Brady came into the, the league, that are into the season this past week. He's already almost tied Dak Prescott in one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a little unfair to compare I mean, it's Tom Brady. Dak, Prescott, or Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. But, but the other thing, but it's a quarterback who sure. pushes the ball down the field. Sure, uh, who's also has better weapons than Dak Prescott does. Um, mm, Tom Brady's a guy; he'll throw it to whoever's open. Tom Brady's got good Dak, weapons. Let's Dak, not deny the no, weapons no, no. that New England Tom has. Bra- Tom Brady has weapons, mm-hmm. but Tom Brady's a guy that, oh, you're open? I'm going to throw it to mm-hmm. you. Dak Prescott looks like, oh, Cole, Cole Beasley? Where's Cole? Where's mm-hmm. Cole? Where's Cole? Where's well, Cole? Where's Cole? I I think you're over-exaggerating find, find quite Beasley. a bit. Where's but, my Beasley? Uh, but with that being said, I think that here's the thing is I don't want to put too much blame just on him because I think – of course, Jason Garrett's going to be a little protective with his quarterback. He's yeah. not letting him go out there and unleash the dragon. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not Rex Grossman. No one can be. But <laughs> I think that some of those percentages, like are those stats, is mm-hmm. just what I was saying earlier of he needs more time before we can really assess these statistics, yeah. I think. Uh, for those passing touchdowns, got off to a slow start. For the pushing it down the field, I don't think the coaching staff wants him to push it down the field mm-hmm. yet, and that's probably going to come back to haunt them a little bit. Eventually, good defenses are going to figure out mm-hmm. a way but to we take really, away the dink and dunk. But we really haven't seen him Go going up against deep. good defenses. Well, that, but we haven't also seen him going deep, so I don't know. Maybe it'll be just fine. Uh, and and that's where the danger comes, and that's why Jason Garrett, uh, that's why the coaching staff needs to start to let him run wild a little bit and let him go out there and do it. Uh, and it's unfortunate that Des Bryant is not exactly an option. Uh, well, it's okay. Des Bryant wasn't getting the most targets anyways. But, well, that's the thing is if you want him to push it, Des Bryant being there is going to help him push it. It's kind of a similar, it's one of those things where I'm going to compare it to this past week for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about that fourth down. Everybody and their grandmother talking about that fourth down. How mm-hmm. do you not throw it to Alshon? How's Alshon not the first read? You want to know why he wasn't the first read? Because Brian Hoyer, that entire game, 
Who was Brian Hoyer's guy that entire game? He loved Meredith. He loved Meredith. Mm-hmm. And that's who he went to. So what, sure. did the, what did the Colts do? We're going to put fucking four people around them. Mm-hmm. Well, what are teams not doing to the Cowboys? They're not respecting Cole Beasley. And yes, it's the little underneath routes that the Cowboys are trying to run with Beasley to where it's a, it's a lack of respect for Beasley. Mm-hmm. It's the way they're using him. Dak's just throwing to, like, Beasley's his boy. Yeah, he hits Terrence West a little bit. He throws to Witten a little bit. But Beasley's his guy. Mm-hmm. Take away Beasley. Let's see how he does. And I, I think that's obviously valid, but we haven't seen him in that situation. So I don't want to make assumptions of what it's going to be like when we I'm get him in that situation. I'm just saying a defense should take away Beasley. Let's see how they it should. goes. That's, that's them. I am pretty, assess, I'm pretty him. sure that the Packers... Uh, who they get to play now, who are one of the best uh, running uh, run defenses out there, I'm pretty sure they're going to take Ezekiel Elliott away. I'm pretty sure they're going to know that it's all about this short game from them. They they have to, right? Someone has to start to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we're going to start to see the test. You know, We're going to have to start seeing him start pushing the ball until we – See him push the ball. I don't want to assume that he can't. And the one thing I am going to say is I'm looking at the stats right here. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten actually does have one more target than Cole Beasley. So I guess let's throw Jason Witten in there as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking Dez out because Dez is injured right now. If we go with the healthy wide receivers, Cole Beasley, 33 targets on the year. The next wide receiver that has the highest targets, Terrence Williams at 19. Mm-hmm. 19 targets. Yeah. That's a huge gap between one and two on the wide receiver. For sure. For sure. Um, so we just got to see what happens when he starts playing these these better teams. But the That's bo- really what it comes down to. But the bottom line is I think these next two tests for Dak mm-hmm. are going to be tough. I think when Romo's ready, you give it to him. It's Romo's well, team. It's I, Romo's job. I You give it to I him. I want to say that there's no I there. think. Jerry, Jason uh, Jason Garrett's going to do what Jerry Jones wants him to do. Jerry Jones has said that Tony Romo's going to play. So there's no controversy. As much as we want there to be one because gonna, we have the discussion, it's Can fun. I throw a similar question? He's going to do it. A similar mm-hmm. question that I did at the end of the last segment at you for you for this one. I guess I'm allowing it. Season ends. Uh-huh. Tony Romo plays the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Do we see at the end of this year the Cowboys think to themselves, huh, you know what? We got this guy, Dak, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's try to sell Romo high. Let's try to sell him high, trade him to a team that needs a quarterback. I don't Try to get a King's mm, Ransom. I don't think you're going to be able to sell a 37-year-old quarterback. He's going to be 37 by the time they're trying to trade him in April. Maybe a team that's close to a Super Bowl that just needs a quarterback? Needs that I can't really piece? think of a team that's Looking that at Denver. Close. Looking at Denver. No, they get, they're not going to bench Paxton Lynch. They got the rookie. They can't do it. Ah, if Paxton Lynch loses a couple more games this season, no, they, maybe they invested like too the high in him. They invested too high in him. Uh, they can't do that. I don't think. So, and also John Elway, I think he's got a little bit of loyalty in him. I don't think he's going to do that. Maybe a team like Cleveland. Let's get a quarterback. Let's get any quarterback. Guys, Ricky just said that <laughs> Cleveland is close, a quarterback whoa, whoa, away whoa, from the Super Bowl. I, I didn't say that's that. what you just said. I didn't say that. That is what you just I'm said. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out teams now. Mm-hmm. Just throw- Buffalo, 
Maybe if they feel like, hey, our defense is good, they make the playoffs this year. Maybe we need a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. I don't know. Buffalo's an interesting one. Uh, but I don't think that Tony Romo's going to be traded. I think that Tony Romo, what's going to happen is Dallas is going to let him stay there with the mindset of, hey, Tony, the next time you go out, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. Uh, and for Tony Romo's sake, I think he should probably just retire. He is one injury away from not having a spine anymore. Um you know, it's just the man can't take that much left. They know it. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep Dak Prescott knowing that pretty soon it's probably his turn. For Tony Romo's sake, I hope. I hope he can go and actually finally win his Super Bowl that's been, or just a playoff game, that's been eluding him for so long. And this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. we got to move on. We've been rambling for this one for a long, long time. We got to get. We just love to... the Dak attack. He's my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Mostly because Cam Newton's hurt. Your dollar backs because you had four quarterbacks, but now you don't. But have nobody four wanted to trade for any of my quarterbacks, even though I have Blake Bortles. Because they team. I have Blake suck. Bortles. Blake Bortles is like the eighth ranked fantasy quarterback. They suck. Cam Newton is like not, well, he's hurt now, so it doesn't really matter. And Dak Prescott, he just got me seventeen points. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, Brian Hoyer got me 23, but, but I my, played Tom my, Brady instead. I'm pretty sure my leading score last week was my kicker, Adam Vinatieri. So he, had 20, he had 23 points on Yeah, you? I won. I won, so what do I care? Hey, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. But let us know down below what you guys think. We're going to move on into our last topic where we're going to be kind of continue. I'm going to say continuing a segment that Sean and I talked about last week. Last week, if you missed it, you can check it out on the YouTube channel or go back and listen to the, the entire podcast from a week ago. Mm-hmm. Sean and I talked about Mike McCoy. Is he on the hot seat? Yes. Did the Chargers fire him this season? Yes. Because of all the late losses that this Charger team mm-hmm. is going through, we're kind of going to go through some other coaches that could Who be, else needs could to be, be on the hot seat this year or could be fired. And I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw the mm. first coach out at you. You ready for this one? All right. Yeah. Now, Bill Belichick should probably be fired. This this one's an easy one. Mm-hmm. John Fox. Um, it's easy because I'm going to say, no, he shouldn't be fired. I, we, there needs to be more time. John Fox, Vic Fangio, these guys were brought in because they have experience and they know how to bring teams from the bottom to the top. So you got to let them do that. you got to give them those years to do it. Uh, John Fox, you know, he hasn't picked his quarterback yet. He got his running back. Jordan Howard looks great. Langford looks like he's going to be a good uh, combination once he gets back too. And... I don't really know why there was the wholesale of, you know, Forte, of Bennett, of Marshall. uh, But you know what? Ryan Pace has his plan. He wants to build it. Let John Fox stay there for at least another year. And it pains me to say, Ricky, because you know I hate that conservative bullshit when it comes to, oh, third down, Mm -hmm. it's 10, you know what, screen pass. No, I hate that shit. (laughs) I hate it so much. We got rid of Mark Trestman for a reason, and now we still have the same conservative bullshit. That's like you don't know what I – like this Mm -hmm. game still plays in my head. It was a Panther game from two years ago. Ah, you know what, we're down by six points. Four seconds left on the clock. We got the ball at the 20. Screen pass right. to Jonathan Stewart. What the fuck are you doing? You know what? The thing is that Marshawn Lynch, once on fourth down in like 29, <laughs> went beast mode and unleashed it. And ever that since the whole, then. Is that the whole my dick play? Uh, the whole my dick. No, that's not the whole my dick play, I don't that, think. That was the that's playoff just the game beast mode. the Saints. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that the same? Is that the same hold my dick game? Yeah, it's the one where he jumped back and he did one of these yeah, things. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> so, 
at one point in time this happened, and ever since, coaches everywhere have thought, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? If it's third down, I'm going to throw a screen pass because maybe we'll have a beast mode situation. Yeah. Uh, and but then we will be propelled. Mode. We will be propelled to a Super Bowl in like four years. But anyways, no, it's just John Fox doesn't need to go anywhere uh, just yet. Give him another year because this team is still in terribly slow rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I'm looking at, and see, the thing with John Fox that I think is – the reason why we're thinking about firing him or why he's on the hot seat, I'm going to say, is first off, this. Well, pa- he was supposed to go to a Super Bowl. This, this past week, probably not the best thing for John Fox to, when asked about the fourth down, when asked about mm-hmm. why he didn't throw to Elshon, making the stupid comment about the media, basically saying that like media guys. Don't know what you're talking about because you're it's just easy when you're up in the guy. press box eating your hot yeah. dog. Yeah, maybe shouldn't have said that. A little Let's be bit. fair. I'm not eating fucking hot dogs. I'm eating wings. Get getting a little get this get, shit straight. Getting a little testy, mm-hmm. but I got a quote here from Martellus Bennett, mm-hmm. ex Chicago Bear, the Black Unicorn, and the thing that's making this hard for John Fox is Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Like we can all agree on that, right? Well, he's like hurt. I feel like Jay. He's not there. Well, not even that. I feel like Jay Cutler. It's getting to the part where maybe you've stayed Mm -hmm. your time here. And the fact that John Fox was, in a way, handcuffed, and the organization was. They had to kind of ride out the contract, Mm -hmm. good or bad. Either way, they were going to have to ride out the contract for a little bit. And I guess uh, Martellus Bennett did an interview with E60. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you two quotes from Martellus Bennett. Got to throw this in there. The first one starts off, quote, We just had a bunch of bitches on the roster. That's why we didn't win games. And the coaches liked the bitches. Some people that you want to be be a leader are not the guy that's the leader. And everyone in the locker room knows that this is not the leader, but this is what you want to fit. This is what you want the face of your team to look like, end quote. We know mm-hmm. he's talking about Jay Cutler. In the most passive-aggressive way possible, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be fair, though, he loved Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler was throwing in the ball. Well, that's um, Martellus Bennett. When exactly. Get, when, like, Martellus Bennett is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Yeah. Get him the ball, he's the happiest guy in the world. Don't get him the ball, you're not too happy. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it really unless, comes... Unless you're winning. Yeah. Because that's why I don't think he's caused a stink in New England because they're he's winning. He's been getting the ball plenty in New England. <laughs> Especially uh, with Tom Brady. Yeah, he's getting the ball plenty. So... You know, it, it comes down to that for John Fox. He hasn't had his rebuild yet. Uh, the team's still going through it. They got him there because of his experience. Let mm-hmm. him stay there for a little bit. At least a year. He's got at least one more year. I think that it's going to be Cutler's gone. Hoyer, if you keep him, he's a backup. Mm-hmm. Draft your quarterback. Get your quarterback. Get your trade for Garoppolo. Trade for Romo. Get your no, somebody. Get your somebody is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Get your somebody. You got your, that your you choice say of Eastern is Illinois co- quarterbacks. Yeah. Go get like, one. You could say this is my mm-hmm. quarterback. I finally get the guy that I want to either groom, come mm-hmm. in and have the job. That's when we'll start saying, okay, it's time to go. One guy I'll tell you on the Bears staff that needs to go, Dow Loggins. Mm-hmm. He needs to go because this offense don't look good with him running the helm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they were just in it with the Colts. I mean, they were there, so they were doing fine. But, yeah, it's not great. It definitely isn't. 
Uh, we miss, of course, Adam Gates, who's over in, in Miami now, unfortunately. How about you give me one? Give me a coach that's on the hot seat. Mm, um, I'm going to give you an interesting one because mm-hmm. he was on the hot seat. Now he's maybe not on the hot seat. That's Rex Ryan in Buffalo. I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's. It seems like he's been removed because he's won two games. Now. Because let's be honest, he is like this entire season. He's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Don't make the playoffs. You're and fired. Supposedly you're gone. But right now, if this Bills team continues to play like they are, maybe they maybe they're going to do something. Maybe they're going to actually make the playoffs. And I'm pulling up the playoff standings right now. And if the playoffs did start today. They would just be out of the playoffs. It'd be the and Rex Ryan would just be fired, and he would just be fired. Right now, the Ravens have the tiebreaker over them. Yep. So I think for for Buffalo, um, we all kind of laughed when when Greg Roman was fired. Um, but it's kind of changed. It worked. I mean, apparently it's worked. I don't know what has happened, but something has changed here. Uh, and Buffalo's winning games. That defense is doing well. Uh, so. I don't know. Maybe it'll be just enough, but I feel like that's Rex Ryan's mo. He does just enough to not get fired. So maybe another time. Yeah, I'm gonna say that even though obviously he's on the hot seat for the whole year because his his GM told him, "Hey, if you don't win, you're mm-hmm. fired." Um, but I think he's kind of off of it right now. The heat's been turned down. And I'm looking at the next four games, or not four games. The next what four? The next six games for him. Uh huh. They've got some winnable games. I mean, I'll run down for you. San Fran, probably going to chalk that up as a W. Probably. At Miami, chalk it up as a W. Most likely. At home against New England, Tommy Terrific ain't getting shut out. You lost. It's an L. And New England's mad that you guys beat them the last time. Seattle, in Seattle, eh, probably a loss. At Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not good this year. I'll probably give you a W here. And then at home against Jacksonville. That's four winnable games in your next six. Mm-hmm. Four winnable games. You win those, you're at seven wins. Then basically all you got to do is win three games. Like, you play the Browns, that's a win. You play Miami, that's a win. Then you end in New York, that's a win. This team could end with ten wins. This team could end with ten wins. Potentially, sure. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't You don't think they could beat the Browns, the Dolphins twice, and then the Jets in Knowing New York? the Bills, they're going to trip over their own feet or shoot themselves <laughs> in the foot. That's what not, it comes down to me. They're not beating the Raiders in the black hole. They're not beating the Steelers at home. They're just too good. Um, I, I got a coach for you. Mm-hmm. Gus Bradley in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of feeling like this one might come up soon. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to throw him at me. No, no. I wanted to talk about Rex for a little bit just because I, I find Rexy. Rex interesting. Uh, Especially with his tattoos. Yeah, his, uh, his what is it, Mark Sanchez tattoo? Um, so, well, now it's the punter. Yeah, which is, you know what, just is good. <laughs> so here's the thing with, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was everybody's dark horse, everybody's darling at the beginning. Uh, and it didn't make sense that they didn't get off to a good start. You know, they played the Packers tough, but the Packers played shitty for the first, like, four games. It was also hot in Jacksonville that weekend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Chargers wasn't close. Uh, Ravens, that was a very close game. But the Ravens, what did they do? They just fired their offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, that was a team that's admitting something was wrong. They beat the Colts, but the Colts barely beat the Bears. The Bears suck. Mm -hmm. So... 
they get to play the Bears now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But look at where the game's being played. At Chicago. But Chicago, last year, didn't win a single home game. So yeah, I wouldn't get too I, excited about you that. You won one home game, I think. I think you won one home game. Maybe. I Maybe I'm just not confident yeah. in the team. That, I, I think it was one. In the team. But yeah. it was, all I know is it was like 363 days. But you look at this, this mm-hmm. schedule for Jacksonville, what they just played. Look at the two home games. Mm-hmm. Very close games. Yeah. Look at the road game that was here in the U.S. They get blown out. They win in London. So basically, they just got to play their games on London. They should be moved, which we've yeah, been saying. The London Jaguars. They need to be moved. Uh, London Bulldogs, I feel, is <laughs> a little London bit more Bulldogs. Um, Move from a cat to a dog. So Gus Bradley's really not on my hot seat, but it is pretty warm. You know, there's some winnable games there. Uh, now that they, they've been close, now that they've been able to beat a team like the Colts, it just comes down to more into November, really. I think once we get to November, we've gotten past some of those games with the, where the Jaguars should mm-hmm. be able to win. So if they haven't won those games, then you're saying, all right, it's time to move on. It's been too long. we got to do something. But not until then am I really saying he's on that hot seat. Well, We're just watching. I think the big thing, too, is you've got 4-12, and 3-13, and 5-11, and then question mark this year. Right now, it's one and three. Eventually, it's when do the double digit losses? When are they enough? Is enough per se? Yeah. Because I get that this team is building. You're building this defense. You didn't have uh, Dante Fowler Jr. last year. He's basically Kevin White this year, mm-hmm. where he's a rookie just getting that first like game speed experience. Jalen Ramsey was injured to start this season. Blake Bortle, like, is it? Is Gus Bradley going to go first? Are we going to point the finger at Blake Bortles first? I think Gus goes eventually. I don't know if it's this season. Maybe mm-hmm. next season's the year where we talk about it because thirteen and thirteen and thirty nine in right now four it's seasons. Not good. It's not good. And four I, years I really is the turnaround. They really got to get to that eight hundred. I don't know, 800, that 500, 8 and 8. Mm-hmm. They really got to get to 500 because they can't Man, do they it. Can get then they're not. Though. They can get the 800, though. That'd be pretty good. They, they could. They could <laughs> still do it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, they got to do something different. They got to show what's going forward. Blake Bortles isn't going anywhere just yet. Um, interceptions be damned. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's not yet. Not till November. One coach I want to throw out at you before we get the one that I think that's uh, mm-hmm. spurring around in your brain yeah. from the AFC North. Maybe. Right? The AFC North? Yeah, talk about the Wolverine. Okay, maybe the Wolverine. But mm-hmm. one coach I want to throw out there before we get to the, one of the last one is Chuck Pagano. Yeah. And the reason why is the Colts, something needs to change. Jim Irsay thinks it's a little bit of Andrew Luck, thinks it's his contract. Even though that's your fault. It it. it it totally is. The collective bargaining agreement was made so that when you get a guy, you're no longer getting a guy like Sam Bradford where you're overpaying for him before you know what yeah. you really have. You're getting a guy, and when you draft that quarterback, when you get him first overall, you have four years. It was your fault that you did not, that he willed his way to AFC championship games, willed you to the mm-hmm. playoffs. But you didn't build anything around him. That you was thought your that fault. was enough. Yeah, that was your fault. Now he demands the money, and now it's his fault? No, get out of here. I think eventually that because you're not going to just get rid of Andrew Luck, I think Chuck Pagano's going to go sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. No, I would agree. I think that Pagano's seat is artificially hot. 
Uh, it Artific- shouldn't be artificially. It hot. shouldn't be as hot as it is. He's not what the problem is. It's not his fault that there's no weapons on this team. That well, there's Jim nothing Irsay's there. Fault. Exactly. Uh, but Jim Irsay is not going anywhere. He's gonna stay. He's gonna be good. And the fingers gonna get pointed somewhere. Uh, the thing that we kind of ignore when we talk about a guy like Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning made his team better. Peyton Manning played with scrubs. Peyton Manning didn't play well at you know at the beginning of his career, unlike Andrew Luck. And then Andrew uh, Andrew Luck has not had a team around him in the beginning years of Peyton Manning. He had a pretty damn good team. Mm-hmm. He had a very good team when he was being successful. It wasn't until later in his career that he had a bunch of nobodies around him, and he was willing his way to victory. Didn't win any Super Bowls when he had a bunch of nobodies around him, uh, but he that's when he was willing his way to victory. Andrew Luck can't do that that early in his career. He's not where Peyton Manning was yet. So when you're giving him nothing, it's not going to work. But the fortunate thing about Andrew Luck is he's a smart quarterback. He's a smart man in general. I mean, the man's got a fucking flip phone. You know, he <laughs> he is a smart man. He is okay with taking less money if it means his team is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Somebody's just got to ask the guy. I think that's really what it comes down to. Has anybody, uh, to quote Trump, by quoting, I mean paraphrasing, has anybody called Andrew Luck? Why won't anybody call Andrew Luck? Pick up the damn phone and let's renegotiate that deal. Mm-hmm. Somebody just call Sean Hannity already. <laughs> you know, let's just get it done. So that's really what needs to happen. They need to fix that contract because it's a huge burden. They need to get some other people because people are going to want to play with Andrew Luck. He's one of the next great quarterbacks. Well, people want to play with this guy. And you look at Chuck Pagano, 11-5, and 11-5, and 11-5 to start his mm-hmm. career in Indianapolis. But you got to look at that and say, well— he came in with he came in with Andrew Luck. Plus yeah. that first year was the Pagano when he was um recovering from cancer and Bruce Arians was on the sideline for some of those games. Mm-hmm. But it's like AFC wildcard game, then a divisional game, then the AFC championship game. Then after that, eight and eight. I mean Andrew Luck was injured last year, but yeah. eight and eight. Now one and three. This team you you didn't build this team around Andrew Luck. And somebody's got to take the price. Jim Marseille is not going to step away. No. You're not going to get rid of Andrew Luck. I think at the end of this year, I think Indy parts ways with Chuck Pagano because it's going to be one of those things where something needs to change. And it's kind of the mm. three of them look at each other and go, who's the odd man out? Sorry, two Chuck. Yeah, they're all going to say, it's not me. It's not me. Well, Jim Mercer is not going to trade Andrew Luck. Yeah, exactly. And Jim Mercer is not going to sell the team. He's not going to fucking be like, oh, it's on the problem. I'm going to step away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so a big thing for that, I, I do kind of feel that um, that Chuck Pagano, I don't think that much is really going to change. I, I really do think that it's just going to be same old, same old. It really mm-hmm. will. I think that at the end of the season, they don't really make any changes. Chuck Pagano's still there. We thought Chuck Pagano was being fired last year, but he's still here. I just don't really see anything changing. I think that Andrew Luck will will his way to some victories. It's not going to be great. I, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, uh, but maybe they can sneak in with a division win because their division's not very good. Well, the, that's what I was going to say. Their division ain't that ain't that good at all. So I just don't really see much changing right now. I really don't. Same old, same old. Maybe one day someone's going to pick up the phone call and call Andrew Luck and say, hey, let's let's change this deal around a little bit. Because, I mean, right now they're they're 2-3, and three, but they're only one game 
one game behind the Texans right now. And Brock, the cock hasn't looked that well. Mm-hmm. The Titans haven't looked that great. And the Jaguars fair, don't look great. All their losses, minus that loss to the Broncos, they're a touchdown away. Mm-hmm. They score a touchdown, they win. So, I mean, some of these games, you know, well, actually, no, they needed a touchdown for pretty much all of them to win. Uh, Jaguars game, they could have tied it with a field goal. But they were right there. What that's really telling everybody is Andrew Luck is good, but he doesn't have all the weapons he needs. This mm-hmm. defense sucks, and the defense needs to be fixed. Are they ever going to fix it? I don't know. Is firing Chuck Pagano the answer? No. Will nope. it probably happen? Yes. Good chance it could. That's where I'm sitting there. How about the uh, the last one that I think? You're all right, throw let's out. talk about Marvin Lewis. Yeah, that's why isn't this guy fired yet? Why not? Like, why hasn't he been? Well, you know the thing for for Marvin Lewis, and people always uh, have called us out on this on the podcast. Whenever we talk about Marvin Lewis, they're like, "Well, there's all these other things that are problems too," but that can only go so far. Marvin Lewis has been good on this team, and this team has been good at, with Marvin Lewis, but it has never been great. They have never gotten this, to that next step. I mean, they still struggle to win playoff games. They he, can't get to that next step. He is the one guy that, like, I, I look at it and I go, how the fuck has he been here since 2003? Mm-hmm. Like, at first it was, like, around 2008. How did he survive only one winning season? Yeah. From 2003 to 2008, how did he only survive one winning season? Then he got Andy Dalton, and the rest is history, but... You look at since 2009, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Six playoff appearances, no wins. Yeah. Tag on one more from 2005, there's your seven, no wins. Yeah, and it's just at some point enough is enough. And this is everything I say every year. This conversation always comes up with Marvin Lewis. At some point enough is enough. You need to take that next step forward. Marvin Lewis has shown he's not the guy to do it. We say it about Tony Romo all the time. We talked about him earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. That hey, at some point you got to do something else because Tony Romo has shown he's not going to win. He's not going to get you to the promised land of the Super Bowl. So Marvin Lewis is showing us the same thing. We've had so many damn years of seeing it. He is not going to take the Bengals to the promised land. He's not taking them to the next step. They can't win a playoff game. There's so many good pieces on this team. Eventually, you have to just get fired for if it. If they don't make the playoffs, does that move happen? Oh, it if should. The Bengals do, let's it say should. the Bengals go 10-6 and six, but don't make the playoffs. Does he get fired? I'm not really convinced Marvin Lewis is ever going to get fired. I think he is going to uh, be there forever. die on the sidelines one of these days in like 20 years because I don't think he'll ever be fired. Uh, it just doesn't make sense that they're still there. They probably should do it at some point. And it's not even because Marvin Lewis has been all that bad because he's a fine coach. It's just, just can't get over the hump. Yeah, he's just not getting you there. And eventually, something needs to change. The definition of insanity, Ricky, is the, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So at some point, you got to make a change. We, I, I'm with you. And Bengal fans, you're probably going to be... Oh, they're pissed. They're going to defend him down below in the they comment section. Do. I know it's happening. But yeah, I look at Marvin Lewis and I go, how do you still have a job? Like, mm-hmm. really what should have happened is they shouldn't have let Hugh ja- When Hugh Jackson was like, hey, I'm going to go to the Browns, they should have been like, no, you're not. Marvin, get out of here. Hugh, you're staying. I mean, what they should they're kind like, of feeling like, it okay. without him. They're kind of feeling the burn without him. Brown fans, I want, or not Brown fans, Bengal fans, I want you to answer this in the comment section. Are you kicking yourselves a little bit for maybe when Mike Zimmer was leaving the Bengals? 
I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but are you kicking yourselves mm-hmm. a little bit that your team didn't right there go, we're firing Marvin Lewis, we're going to make Mike Zimmer the head coach? I think that was a little too early, though. I don't think you could have said that yet. Anybody who says yes, I think, is using pure hindsight. Uh, at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't a good point to say well, it. And I'm just saying, you could have made, like, the one thing you could have said to strengthen your argument in that case is, yes, I would have done that because Zimmer's a Parcel disciple and the mm. mentality he brings to a sure. defense because he took over for the Vikings in 2014. That was just yeah. three years ago. That was after Marvin Lewis went to the playoffs three straight times, mm-hmm. four in the last, what, that was five years, and lost. I don't think that was too soon. I think two years ago mm-hmm. we were actually having the same discussion. We probably were because we had the discussion every year. Um, about Marvin Lewis, but I, I, I think that I think you could have had it two years ago. You could have had the decision mm-hmm. last year. You could I have think had that it. the Jake, Hugh Jack, uh, the Hugh Jackman, as I want to yeah, call it, but Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine. I think that that one would have been a more realistic. Yes, you could have done it. You then. know who was the one? That but was, the Browns are zero and five. You know who was the one that was too soon that you couldn't have done it for? Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer was the guy where I I think you can defend yourself saying yes, we should have fired Lewis and made Zimmer the head coach. The guy where it might have been a little too soon, Jay Gruden. No. Jay Gruden was the one where it was what a little bit too What success has Jay Gruden soon. had? No, no. I'm saying, like, with, when you said, like, nah, you can't say that because it was mm-hmm. too soon. For Jay Gruden, it would be too soon because Jay Gruden was even, he mm-hmm. left before Mike Zimmer even did. Yeah. He left for, let's see, his first year in Washington. No, wait, never mind. Him and. Him and Zimmer left the same year. Mm-hmm. You lost your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator. Never mind. However, you're going to pick Zimmer because Jay Gruden really did you think he was going to do anything in Washington? Uh, a lot of people did. I didn't. I really didn't think he was going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Great offensive, like great offensive coordinator. Probably not the best head coach. He's not. He's yeah. not. Uh, he's not his brother. He's no John. And John is a little overrated. As Super a head Bowl coach. champion, yeah, with somebody else's team. Super Bowl champion, with somebody else's team, and a stolen playbook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to that, I mean, Marvin Lewis. We had the conversation every year. Eventually, something's got to change. That's my my stance on this has not changed. Uh, that at he some point you go. ask, when is enough enough? He needs to go. I I think it had like. And this team has become an offense so one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And by one-dimensional, I'm saying teams are basically saying, oh, mm. you lost Marvin Jones, you lost Sanu, we're just going to guard A.J. Green, see how you like it. But A.J. Green's a fucking monster. Nobody A.J. Can Green's stop a monster, him. but A.J. Green hasn't been the A.J. Green. Yeah, he's still been pretty damn good, though. Maybe it's because I'm looking at his fantasy side and he mm-hmm. hasn't been too great fantasy-wise. I think five five points was all he got this past week. Teams are starting to limit mm-hmm. A.J. Green a little bit more than they had in the past. And we've had the conversation many times. Andy Dalton wouldn't be as great as he was without a guy like no, A.J. Green. He wouldn't. And without great offensive coordinators mm-hmm. behind him uh, helping him out. So, you know, it's just kind of – it's almost as if the Cincinnati Bengals, as good of a team as they are, because they are a good team, but they've been propped up a little bit as well. Uh, and it's not – Whenever they get to those big games against the the quote unquote real teams, uh, don't hate me too much for saying that, guys. Uh, the quote unquote real teams, it doesn't work out for them. They get put back down to their level where they belong, and 
they continue to prop themselves back up mm-hmm. and get knocked back down again. So Bengals, they just need to do something different. Well, and this is where before we sign off the whole thing, I got to throw one more at you. Yeah. Jeff Fisher. How, how can we yeah, forget Yeah, that's him? another one of those guys who, uh, <laughs> why the fuck does he still have a job? Yeah, he should be gone. He should be gone. This is some seven to nine bullshit that he's still there. He needs to get out of there. There is no way that he should still have a job, especially uh, with a guy like Goff. Maybe uh, fire him, get a head coach that wants to come in and work with the Jared. Get, get one who wants to, I don't know, start the guy that you picked number one overall. Hey, Let's see what happens. Because Case Keenum's not shit. That, that, that would be something to uh, to write home about. But this is where you guys tell us down below what you thought about anything that we talked about today. Uh, this is Ricky Widmer, Mark Weber. Check us out on patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. We're trying to get these lapel mics, so maybe you don't have to see these mics in front of our faces for future videos. Go check us out on Twitter. Those are down in the description. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, thank you guys for listening. If you're on YouTube this week, thank you guys for watching. Go check out all of our other plethora of podcasts here on Most Valuable Podcasts. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.